Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Ultra Hope Girls and Danganronpa podcast. I am your host, Caroline, (laughs) one of your three hosts. Hi, Caroline. (laughs) Hi, Maddie and Maren. And today we are going to be talking about the second half of chapter four of Danganronpa v3. We are very excited to get into this last episode. We had to like restrain ourselves from going too deep into conversation because we had to hold it all in until today. But today you're finally going to hear all of our thoughts and analysis. Just a heads up that the first half of this episode will spoil chapter four v3. And the second half after the commercial break will spoil the entirety of the Danganronpa series. Nice. All right, y'all with that, let's get into it. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we are the Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Dong and Roomba podcast. Showtime. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> it's so true. We we sure are. We sure mm. are. That's well, canon. guys, why don't we just start by talking about this case? Because it is nuts. It's It really Quite is. Frankly. <laughs> it is absolute bananas. The first time I played this, which I think I mentioned last episode, was with Maddie. In person, we were hanging out and we played it together. And there is a very iconic moment, which was captured on my camera, <laughs> where Maddie he was like, was like, how was Mew choked with toilet paper? What was that? Charmin Ultra Ultra Strong? And I was, I was so angry because livid. I had forgotten about the thing about like objects not breaking. And so when they were like, oh, yeah, she was choked with toilet paper. I was livid. I went off. And Caroline has a video of me like in my pajamas in the guest bedroom of my mom's house on the PlayStation, like just yelling. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Can we put that on our Patreon? Is that possible? I'll have to find, like recharge my old phone and send it to see if Maddie approves of that. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> but if that is the case, yes, we can make it available. Um, and then like time stamped like an hour and a half later because this trial is so long is Maddie then dramatically looking into the camera and going, objects in the virtual world don't break. <laughs> it was like this like existential crisis. I really did have an existential crisis this round, but like, oh my God. But in like, actually though, like replaying this game, this is one of my favorite chapters yet. Like, I just enjoyed this chaos so much. I mean, I I was so sad about Mew dying, but, like, I just thought it was, like, such a wild ride. And, like, Kokichi is, like, insane, but makes it way more interesting. And Shuichi goes off in this trial. Oh, my oh God. My he's God. so good. He's just so yeah. on top of it. And, like, this was a good, this was a very, like, this is a good chapter. No, for sure. I think the mysteries throughout the trial too are laid out pretty well um like some of them that you know you can pick up before they happen and they always do a good job of like really walking you through something in case you aren't picking up on what they're trying to hint at but I felt like this one wasn't too easy and it wasn't too hard like they made it just interesting enough that I stayed engaged throughout the entire case I agree. Actually, I strongly agree with that. Um, Usually in replaying, I think literally all of the games so far, 
there has not been a single trial, honestly, where I've been playing it and replaying it and been kind of like, oh my God, okay, like, let's go. Cause, cause it's like slogging through. Cause they get long, especially in this game. Um, but this one, I just like forgot. Just there's so much drama and like action within the actual trial room. So it's not completely just like solving a mystery I already like know about. You're also witnessing like, real life people sort of like grapple with their flaws and other people's flaws. And just like, it's so well done to the point where I was so not bored. I was so not bored replaying this one. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of why I, I like played it so quickly because I just was like so into it. I couldn't put it down. So um, I'm really grateful for that. It made replayability. I feel this one is 10 out of 10, like totally worth it if you haven't done it yeah. so far. And yeah. it's also so, it's like so funny how, Kokichi is saying similar things like the whole time where he's like I'm trying to make this more interesting I'm trying to make this not boring and I'm like he really you're succeeding does yeah <laughs> you did yeah. it king <laughs> you did it king <laughs> so true oh yeah yeah but yeah mm-hmm. I for and Marin Marin and I talked about this on the phone when we called a couple days ago but I totally forgot that Mew like masterminded this whole thing I totally mm-hmm. like forgot about that yeah. that element of it Mm-hmm. oh my god yeah like the fact that she was planning a murder from the start of this chapter i was like wait like that completely slipped my mind which is insane because that's one of the things we've talked about in past episodes is the lack of cases that are really premeditated and this is one of the biggest i mean she was more than premeditate well not more okay she was literally premeditating a murder. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I won't exaggerate. Um, but yeah, like this is probably one of the best examples we have of someone who took the time and planned it out. And like, that's nuts that we like, sh- it's forgotten. It's I don't know. And it, I wonder why it's not more of a like core memory of playing this game. I think yeah. it's just because she ultimately lost. Right. Like, Kokichi was masterminding a plan of his own and he he won, you know. So I think that would be, like, probably the reason why she's not as memorable. But you're so right. Like, she really, really went there. (laughs) True. I mean, she's the ultimate engineer, right? So it's like she engineered literally the perfect machine to commit a murder. And then the only reason why she didn't get away with it is because Kokichi can read people like nobody's business. And and he knew immediately what she was planning. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it's oh wow. Yeah. And and speaking of like just being oh chef's kiss of a of a chapter, um Kokichi toward the beginning of the trial, I think sums it up better than anyone else ever has throughout all of these games when he says trusted people can still kill. Mm-hmm. Um which is like so true because we always are going back and forth between like, oh, can we trust this person? Can we not trust this person? Like is this person really our friend? Like, if they're really our friend, like, they wouldn't do something like that, blah, blah, blah. Like, chapter one, right off the bat, Kaede proves that wrong. And, like, time and again, like, second chapter, Kirumi, the one who's been making food for them and, like, cleaning their rooms and, like, doing everything for them, proves them wrong. Like, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's just, it's so true. And it's, like, it just because someone is, like, a trustworthy and good person doesn't mean that there are not any circumstances ever that can get them to do something bad right right and gonta does too i mean to be fair and i think this will be a whole other conversation we could have that conversation now he was incredibly manipulated 
by Kokichi, like with like, you know, just the way he he staged everything where he was like, wait, don't get the others yet. Let's just see it together first, you know. And then, but ultimately, Gonta is the one. And this is, I really, this is where I have an issue with like this trial falling into like the theme of um, like almost like sacrifice is mm-hmm. because, well, I guess it is a sacrifice of all of the other students, hypothetically, if Gonta had gotten away with it. But I have a problem with that concept of sacrifice because Gundam in the second game, you know, he sacrificed himself so that everyone else could eat and live. So that I'm like, okay, these two men decide made this decision together, and that's like very admirable. You know what I mean? It's like that's very admirable that, that they did that, and they sort of both had that agreement in theory of like, okay, we want everyone else to live, so we are gonna figure out who's the murderer and who's the murdered here, you know. But Gonta, he he did something which I don't think is okay, which is making a decision for everybody else of whether they get to live or die. And that is yeah. not okay. I don't think Gonta made the decision out of malicious intent by any means, right? I think he thought what he was doing was like right for everybody, but it doesn't ma- mean that what he did was right in, in any way, right? It, it is like, that's so wrong to, to j- make a judgment call because judgment of whether a world is beyond saving or not is so subjective, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, we don't know what he saw, right, yet. So, you know, who knows? It could be that terrible. But I I just so, so don't think that that is okay. I think that should have been a conversation. It's not in one person's hands, right? Agreed. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I also have a tough time with this chapter in terms of like Gonta's motive. Um, I completely agree with you, Caroline. I don't think that that was his right to choose for everyone. Um, but I also have a problem with it because I know a lot of the blame gets put on Kokichi, which we had kind of like touched on a little bit right at the end of our last episode, the part one episode. But I really, I don't know. I understand that Kokichi has a hand in this murder. However, I think Gonta does come to the decision to do this partly on his own. He yeah. speaks throughout the entire game of protecting the group. He he wants to do anything he can to protect the group and has yet to have the chance to. And so maybe he overreacted. Maybe he said, I haven't gotten to do anything for this group. So now I see this flicker of something that could be protecting them and he just went with it even though it wasn't the right decision um yeah i don't know and and also there's the part about kokichi you know just protecting himself you know uh from Mew, he was going to be murdered and that's not cool (laughs) and so (laughs) like i don't know why anyone would be surprised that in the face of one of his classmates getting murdered, Gonta would step in and protect them. That's what he's been promising to do. So why wouldn't he do that? Right. Yeah, it's really fair. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because, um, you know, when when Shuichi is sort of like deducing all this evidence and sort of like, okay, what... Um, you know, he's like, the, the facts don't lie. Everyone else has an alibi. Gonta is literally the only person he did it. And he he says, he's like, I don't know why you did it, but you did it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and and someone brings up like, but why did he do it? We don't know why he did it. And it's interesting. I think I brought this up on the podcast before, but a trial doesn't have to have a motive to be right. successful. If the evidence is so stacked against a person, even if he literally doesn't remember that he did it, you know, it's like, 
it doesn't really matter because mm-hmm. all, all the evidence proves that he is guilty and beyond a reasonable doubt, right? So that is also interesting too, that this is our first sort of murder in Danganronpa where we like don't really know why they did it until after, which is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. also like, it's not just uh, when they're kind of going through the evidence and like at the end when Shuichi's like, let me break everything down, blah, blah, blah. It's like, he's not just convincing everyone else in the room. He's also convincing Gonta because Gonta, like you said, does not remember. And so it's like this. And, and so because Gonta doesn't remember doing it, he wouldn't have known like what his motive was anyway. And so it's really like, well, let me present this case to the the courtroom may it please the the court or whatever but also like mm-hmm. convincing gonta of what happened right. regardless of what a motive like we're like we don't know why you did this gonta but like if we break it down step by step like you're the only person who could have done this and it's so heart-wrenching that after he's accused he's just like i don't remember doing this but i trust that you are right shuichi because you're yeah. good at what you do I, oh my god it's just like <laughs> it made me like gonta as a character a little bit more honestly yeah. i after this trial yeah. again i was kind of like okay okay you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i i agree yeah. with that yeah yeah it is very sad and it it's also throughout this entire trial Gonta is trying to out himself like unknowingly he continually says like I don't remember all this happening like what are you guys talking about I don't understand what's going on and no one listens because they think he's a fool like they yeah (laughs) it's incredible it's like the answer is staring them at the face I cannot imagine what Kokichi thought I I, like throughout the case and he didn't even know that Gonta didn't have his memories like yeah right and and literally he was like dude like say something like like don't say that you know what I mean he's like dude like what are you even doing but then he you know realizes that he doesn't actually even remember which speaking of I do have sort of a connection to that in another note I have which is somebody mentions about like how the wires wire change could also have the potential potential to like alter like consciousness and and memory and that Shuichi mentions that he's like I think it's possible like the the glitch could have altered like Gonta's personality a little bit he says something like that right which is an interesting question you know would real life Gonta make this decision or was this just virtual Gonta's decision right but (laughs) but in talking to virtual Gonta we kind of see that they are sort of similar in personality but I do wonder if like maybe there was some insecurity there that may not maybe wasn't really there in real Gonta or whatever we don't really know I guess we only really have that comparison in that last scene but I don't know do y'all have thoughts on that I I wondered if maybe he had the virtual Gonta had also lost some of his memories of real Gonta like if the memories didn't carry over either direction like um if not that like virtual gonta necessarily had like complete amnesia because he didn't seem like he did because he was like talking to everyone normally whatever but like if he didn't remember everyone around him and everything they'd been through as well he may have felt less of a connection with them that made it like easier for him to do what he did i i had that theory but i don't know could be totally wrong. it's cer- it's certainly possible that it would have changed his personality in some aspect i don't really see 
murderous Gonta as that different from Gonta we see from chapters one through three. And I say that because of kind of what I had said earlier, where he's been promising to do this. Like, mm -hmm. th like I know it's uh, extreme, but he has been promising to protect. And no, we haven't really seen it in action, but now we have. Mm -hmm. And so I think we just maybe didn't know Gonta as well as we thought we did um, until this chapter potentially. Or, like you said, it could be that there were changes to his character that pushed him to go even further than the Gonta that we did know. Like, yeah, I think both pathways are are very, very uh, possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone, oh my gosh, everyone is so, like, mean to him. Like, they're so dismissive the whole time throughout the trial when he's like, like, what is this virtual world thing? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, shut up, Gonta, you're dumb. And then they just change the subject. <laughs> like, shut up, like, Gonta, you're dumb. Like, it is it's such a, like, anyway. Oh like, my God. It's literally like, so true. They just think that, like, he's, oh, he's being clueless again, but he has right. no idea what they're talking about. And they never even acknowledge that, like, that's a little odd. Like, the way he's saying, they just assume he's, like, dumb right yes and there's the one part where he's like i like to think like if Mew was still alive we would have been friends and they're all like no you wouldn't have been you would like, not have been friends <laughs> <laughs> poor little man <laughs> oh yeah. god yeah it's also like our first time seeing like people within the trial room who aren't like the culprit really disagreeing with each other like yeah like really fighting yeah. oh my gosh i i i just i i there i almost was, was like oh my god why didn't they do this more <laughs> you know i know I mean? like oh it's so um, like uncivil my god i know it's like and even playing it like like you there are certain parts of the dialogue you can't click through because someone gets interrupted so it's just this like yeah. it's very jarring and wild to play mm -hmm. um but yeah but it is interesting cuz like kokichi he no one trusts him, right? But but they trust when Shuichi proves what Kokichi is saying is true because mm -hmm. they trust Shuichi, rightfully so, right? Yeah. I, I I I wouldn't trust Kokichi either, right? But I I that makes me grateful that they have Shuichi to sort of like you know guide him through. So Shuichi is so good. I actually had he another is. note about him that I. I have changed my tune a little bit like I know at first I was kind of saying things about like when Shuichi says he's gonna trust his gut and like believe his friends and like because they're my friends and like that kind of thing uh, originally that bothered me a little because I was like he's the ultimate detective he's supposed to be like rational suspect everyone until the evidence says otherwise blah 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 blah, blah. but I've changed my tune a little bit on that. I mean I, I still do think that like you know you should be rational and like treat everyone as a possible suspect but i feel like shuichi's continued trust in people like kaito and maki is huge because especially after chapter one where kaede who he became very close with and trusted very deeply betrayed him um and then that you know that just happening over and over like lots and more betrayals like it would have been so easy to become cynical and untrusting of anyone but like shuichi did not he refused to go down that path and he's still like putting his faith in the people he cares about and i think that's really significant and i think that that shows like a lot of strength of character and that's that like character is is 
one of the reasons why he's my favorite protagonist. Uh, I just, I love, I think it's, I think it's huge. I think he's, yeah. Yeah. I have a note about the conflict in the courtroom, like just kind of the dynamic there, like what you were talking about, Caroline, which it sounds like a band name. <laughs> Like Panic at the Disco. Conflict in the courtroom. <laughs> Can we make that the title? Conflict exclamation point in the courtroom. Yeah. Yes. I love it. On fire. Um, amazing. Wow. That, we're like five minutes in and we got a title. All right. Um, my note, it's a reference uh, to a very, very popular book series um, called <laughs> A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um but specifically the fifth book in that series, uh, A Court of uh, Silver Flames, I think is the title. I apologize if it's not. Um, but in that book, it's told from a different perspective. It's told from the the perspective of the protagonist's sister, um, who is a very disliked character by the protagonist's friends. And it's her point of view throughout the entire thing. And what's interesting about that book is you kind of get to see that this perfect friend group that they made um, throughout the first four books um, or you know mostly perfect you love them for their flaws isn't as perfect as it seems you get to see it from like an outsider's perspective and see like the hypocrisies that are there yeah and I won't go into too much detail in case um, any of our listeners are reading those books um, which they're very enjoyable please do um, if uh, you haven't but that is what Kokichi was to me in this book was Nesta in a court of silver flames was just like showing us that this group of people were starting to trust them. You know, we, we have the friendship between Shuichi and Kaito and Maki and now Shuichi and Kaito are fighting and Kaito and Maki are fighting and Maki's trying to like, you know, get to Shuichi to like, you know, make him feel more confident, but it's not working. And just like all these little intricacies in their friendships that are like fracture lines almost. Um, and, ah, oh, I just, yeah, it was really a cool connection. When um, Kokichi shows the flashback light to Gonta, was the flashback in chibi form? <laughs> That's a good question. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because... The culprit outline is in chibi form, and the, everything is. And I'm just yeah. saying, it was in the virtual world. Yeah, maybe hmm. we'll never know. We will never know. <laughs> we, will, we can think... only speculate. <laughs> I like to think of it that way. Oh yeah. <sighs> Though this um, is a. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I've talked. Oh, I had it. Go ahead. Sorry, I have a very short note. Um, I just have. One of the quotes of all time, I think this was Kaito. Um, hey, who are you calling an NPC, you ASS? <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm sorry, go ahead, Caroline. <laughs> no, no, I was just gonna say, and kind of this actually quite relates to your note, is like, though this trial is so good, it is still full of like some classic Danganronpa-isms, such oh, yes. as, we, ha- <laughs> you you all remember the, uh, you know, the intern that, that, graphic designed the like ball rolling down the books from oh, chapter yes. one right well absolutely i think the same intern worked on the animation for the board going down the river and across the <laughs> <laughs> because... i thought this animation was an improvement over it was that last i will one. say well that's growth mm-hmm. right but the amount yes. of times they like showed that animation i was like okay we understand like <laughs> we get it we understand how this happened <laughs> Uh, and then there was the show oh sorry have you seen the show jury duty no No. 
Oh my goodness, there's just a graphic animation in it. It's a show where basically one guy on jury duty is a real person and everyone else is actors, um, but he doesn't know that they're actors and he thinks that they're actually trying a case. Oh it's my God. so good. Like it's That's just- so funny. That sounds great. Please go watch it. But they hire a graphic designer to like show the jury what the case was supposed to look like. And it's so bad that all of the actors, you can see them all like trying to. Hold. <laughs> so good. I need Anyways. to see this right now. Yeah, that that sounds like right up Sarah and I's alley, actually. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, called, a... it's called Jury Duty. Jury Duty. What's it's on, it on? If you have freebie which if you have amazon uh i think you can get it that way you um, get it for but... freebie oh, i want to watch yeah. it now <laughs> yeah that's that's what i'm literally gonna do after we're done here um i need to write that down so i don't forget um another darn rompism that i loved is uh we get a hangman's gambit where the word is world loops as opposed to um fruit loops I had the same note. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, this is the new off-brand like Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. World <laughs> Loops. Like I'm yum make yum. That an image. World Loops. <laughs> yes. World Loops, but they're World like little loops. Earths. Right. Instead of yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> that's so good. Mm. Um. I I had a note. Isn't it ironic and fitting? That don't you think our it's resident <laughs> sorry go ahead that our resident Please. kinkster Mew literally made herself an object yeah it's kind yes. of iconic I... talk about it being objectified I... am i right <laughs> yeah no i think that's important i really think that's important yeah. as a theme yeah because we have the victim in the case who was objectified throughout this entire game and then you have gonta as the murderer who is disregarded for you know what people perceive as like a lack of intelligence like i think they're both very much disregarded as people Mm -hmm. throughout this whole game also Um, the gentleman right so the person who didn't perceive her as an object oh my gosh oh yeah Mm-hmm. three years later and we're still surprising ourselves <laughs> my goodness my goodness gracious <laughs> oh man wow yeah um, uh yeah go ahead Maddie. Monokuma, Monokuma hates sonic the hedgehog yeah it's personal Important. another note i have mm-hmm. <laughs> it does feel personal <laughs> yeah Maddie, do you have any fun animal facts about hedgehog he- hedgehog is hedgehogs versus bears? Hedgehogs versus bears. Um, yeah. a bear would probably win in a fight. Mm. You know, Sonic would probably disagree. Does that change anything, or still the same? I don't know. I'm mm. not sure. Hmm. Yeah. Well, circle back. Um, we'll, on that. we'll put a pin in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My moose eats meat. My moose <laughs> eats meat. Moose eats meat. <laughs> oh wow, that was uh wow. Yep. P- perhaps our most quality content ever. True. It's a fact. It's been downhill since. <laughs> it's been downhill it's been since downhill my moose eats meat. My moose eats meat. <laughs> so true, bestie. So true. Oh my god. Um, Gosh. why didn't 
Kaito log back in to the virtual world. Yes, that's what I'm seeing. I'm like, dude, like you're just asking to be like, he's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to take a nap. Yeah. Not only does he not log back in, but he doesn't stay in the room. Right. I know. I would. I I don't understand. Maybe he needed to go to the bathroom. I think it's maybe because of his illness. Yeah. Oh my God. That. He needed to Mm. rest. That's actually a good point. Maybe he actually is severely fatigued. Like, not just, ah, it's 5 a.m. I'm tired, but like. like ill ill (laughs) oh god so Marin, um you are a nurse what he's coughing blood slash tired probably and physically weakened what sort of condition might that be it could Mm. be tuberculosis could be tuberculosis he could be a smoker cancer yeah he could yeah um it could be esophageal varices which is when the blood vessels in your esophagus like pop out a little bit and then explode although if that was the case he'd really be more like projectile vomiting blood so probably not that um it could be what do you think maddie got any others my thought was tuberculosis (laughs) just because of like you know in all the ye olden movies and stories the foreshadowing of you know seeing someone cough into a handkerchief and there's blood yeah. always, always means it's always tuberculosis it's always tuberculosis <laughs> you know that tiktok trend where it's like this is a canon event i can't intervene that's one of them like where they cough into a handkerchief yeah. and you're like oh they'll die from tuberculosis in a couple episodes right it's like it's like chekhov's bloody handkerchief right right <laughs> Chekhov's tuberculosis. <laughs> oh, that would be another really good title option or a band name. Could also or be Ebola. Chekhov's tuberculosis. It could also be um, Ebola or some kind of hemorrhagic fever. Mm-hmm. Although this I don't know true. if that generally starts in your lungs. I can't remember. Honestly, it could be anything that's causing him to cough so much that his throat becomes so irritated that, that it you know it bleeds um but i do think tuberculosis or cancer would be the two most likely causes okay thank you for your insight nurse marin on the i should note that i am not allowed to diagnose people as a nurse (laughs) 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 these are just my humble thoughts these these are your suspicions perhaps for a fictional character in a video game (laughs) my my suspicions (laughs) disclaimer listeners we on this podcast are not dispensing medical advice no please if you have medical problems speak with your doctor but also coughing up blood is never good um i love it toilet paper is a central part of this murder slash case i just think that's hilarious yeah 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 can we talk about mu's motive to kill kokichi um because it's yeah. very slid by if that's a good way to put this yeah um she says that uh her inventions would save the world so i have two questions what and the second question is how did she know that the world needed saving because she wasn't present mm. for the flashback light or was she right well there might be information we don't have yet so that's always an option but true yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I don't quite know. I mean, 
I think we're at the point in this game, like this is the messiest killing game we've had so far, you know, I would say. <laughs> and uh, and I think like truly also, I think it might have just been getting to her and she thought, okay, well, maybe this is my, I can kind of get out. Because I think, you know, there is some truth to what she's saying. The world could use her skills, but that argument could be made for every person in that realm, right? So it's sort of like, I think she just, I think it had gotten to her and I think she was just like, I want to get out of here and try to get away with it honestly that's that's kind of what i think too the way i interpreted it was she was just she wanted out and she was going to kill to get out and her saying like oh my inventions will save the world or they'll make the world a better place is just kind of like her trying to convince herself that she's she has some justification right but i think caroline's absolutely right anyone can make that justification that they all have a useful talent that oh i'm gonna be helpful to society like whatever but yeah yeah and Kokichi even says, uh, it's like at the near the end of the trial when Gonta's apologizing. Uh, he says, Don't be sorry, Gonta. She was trying to kill me too. She said it was for the world or whatever, but that was just a poor excuse. And I think that that's interesting because he he's by my definition right. That is a poor excuse. However, it's the exact same excuse that Gonta gives, or you know, AI Gonta gives <laughs> for why he killed Mew was to save the world, or really to excuse them from the world. <laughs> um, well, I just thought it was kind of interesting because it felt like Kokichi being himself and just saying, like, yeah, her excuse doesn't make sense, and then going and using a very similar one for, you know his own part in the trial that makes sense i don't know so uh, something that i think is interesting regarding like how this trial sort of ends up is e- despite what i literally said at the beginning of this episode about how i don't think going to what going to did was right in any way i think that he really like messed up a little bit with this decision i think that's an understatement but anyway um yet the people in the room slash people the audience i think in some ways like we love kokichi obviously like we love what he does but i think there is some part of us that's sort of like like oh gonta oh i mean i think part of it is because gonta doesn't literally does not remember doing it so that's kind of sad in its own way but i think we're left sort of with this feeling of like hatred and like wanting to blame everything on kokichi which i think marin you earlier kind of touched on like no, actually, like, Gonto, at the end of the day, was the one who made that very rash decision. <laughs> um, but it's written to make the audience sort of um, sympathize with Gonto a lot in this, you know? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had an, uh, a question, actually, a discussion question for the group um, about the, the ethical quandary of prosecuting someone for a crime that they don't remember yeah. committing. Like, is that right to do? I mean, I know it doesn't change, you know, let's say someone commits a crime and then hits their head and then has amnesia and doesn't remember committing the crime. It doesn't undo what they did. It doesn't mean they didn't commit the crime. But is it just to punish someone for doing something that they have no memory of? Man, that's tough because I think it really depends on the, the person. And I hate to like that. It's so nuanced. That's such a nuanced answer. But if we had like, you know, the behavioral analysis unit available at our every whim, able to identify like potential psychopaths, then I think, yes, even if the person doesn't remember, but they could be a potential danger to society. I would honestly 
like in in a system where we it wasn't just incarceration like it is sort of in america it's like incarceration community service and there's some therapy and, and some certain things but i think in that situation a person even if they don't remember if they are claiming slash have proven that they really don't remember what they did i think that some form of like um i just think there should be like another option that's not like prison you know what i mean like like therapy slash maybe trying to do exercises to reclaim mem- those memories so that they do remember or something I, I don't think it needs to be black and white but i guess what i'm saying is that i think that there are some people like gonta i don't think would actually kill a person if he didn't find out about this thing and then made this decision you know i think that in his heart of hearts he's a good man and so i think a behavioral analysis person would be like okay i think he is not a danger to society so we can send him back out into the world whereas there are some <laughs> people that i think that professionals would look at and be like though this person doesn't remember they are dangerous and you know so i guess that's my all of my thoughts there <laughs> yeah fair two major thoughts one is regarding what caroline said I think that most people could be pushed to do something bad if in the right or wrong, debatably, scenario. And so I don't know that it's possible for a behavioral health specialist to say, like, Gonta is a threat, he should be punished X way, versus Gonta is not a threat, he should be punished Y way. Um, I don't know that that's really fair because I think people make different decisions based on how life treats them, you know, like, Oh, I don't know. Now we're in like nature versus nurture almost, but I think most people can get to a point that they didn't expect to be in, which I think is a huge part of this trial as a whole. Um, In terms of the original question of like, what do I think should like, what I think should happen to people who don't remember a crime I think it depends on what your goal of punishment is. Is it rehabilitation or is it punishment to make the wronged or the remaining who feel wronged feel better? Um, you know, like some more revenge sense of punishment. And that, I mean, that brings up the question of what, you know, what what are we trying to accomplish when we punish people for wrongdoings, right? So I don't know. I don't have an answer. Right. But yeah, I just, I think it depends on your goals. And for Gonta, let's say like kind of what Caroline was saying, if he doesn't remember doing the, like the crime, and maybe our goal is to prevent that crime from happening in the future. Maybe, like you said, therapy, we sit down and say, you have this really big protective instinct. Right. What are you trying to accomplish with that? Or what are some healthy ways to use that instinct in the future so that if you get into the scenario you know maybe how to handle those emotions this is just a ploy uh for me encouraging people to get therapy (laughs) that is my very long non-answer right it depends (laughs) on what you're looking for that's That's a a good point yeah and i think my more my point is that i think it needs to be looked at on a gradient it's not like okay this person committed murder we're gonna send them to jail like it's like if they don't remember and there are circumstances that can make us kind of believe that maybe there could be something that could be worked through slash like you know again we can't predict the future but i you know i feel like there are certain like 
circumstances, I guess. So I don't know. Again, therapy, let's make our system a little more healthy and maybe actually talk about our problems instead of shoving them away behind bars. Therapy is great. Woo. Agreed. Agreed. And that's not to imply that prisoners are a problem. I hope that's clear. That's also not to imply that yeah. therapy solves everything. Right, also um, that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, really you know, it's like our system is so, like, extreme when it's just sort of, like, there could be a, an answer that is not going to, like, completely destroy somebody's quality of life in the long mm-hmm. term, you know? I think going back to what Marin was saying about, like, what's the purpose of the punishment, that kind of would need to inform the answer of whether or not it's just to punish something that doesn't remember what they did. I think... There's a lot of different reasons someone might decide that someone deserves deserves punishment. One of them might be, yeah, like, not necessarily punishment, but rehabilitation. I feel like that is, like, like punishment is not the goal. Like, punishment is, like, I'm going to make you pay for what you did or, like, whatever. Like, rehabilitation, I think, is a more noble goal than punishment, for sure. But I think in the sense of, like, if you're trying to kind of, like Marin said, get revenge or, like, get closure for the victim's family, like whatever, stuff like that. I think it would make, I think sometimes seeing someone who did something wrong get punished is, feels good to the people watching it, but I don't necessarily think that makes it right. And I also think that if the goal of the punishment is to make the person, is is just to make the person who did it, like, like kind of like go sit in the corner and like, think about what you did, like, you know, we want you to regret it, that kind of thing, like, then that, them not remembering what they did, I think completely defeats the purpose of that particular type of punishment. Even, like, I mean, this almost makes me think of, like, animal studies that psychologists have done with, like, behaviorism and stuff like that, and, like, reinforcement versus punishment and, like, operant conditioning, that kind of thing. Like, punishment, or reinforcement for that matter, is going to have no effect on a behavior if the human or animal or whatever does not remember the behavior so um but it does make me it it does make me question the um the justice of punishing someone just for the sake of punishment if they don't remember what they did so yeah but i don't think going to deserve what he got oh no way, shape, i, I mean no none of them do i don't no I really one deserves don't to go out like that deserve <laughs> like death yeah. the death penalty essentially like with that yeah. but yeah but so that is an easy answer i think like for me i'm like going to did not deserve like a horror horrific death that yeah. included yeah. a bear birth <laughs> yeah like what the hell <laughs> should we talk about that for or maybe we don't want to talk about it i don't know that was absolutely horrifying it kind of reminded me of alien yes you know, yeah classic movie. oh my gosh yeah i, I think it's that. definitely a reference to that I, oh it has to be especially because it was like the bug looking creature kind of thing sort of looks like the xenomorph like and the, all the movie references they've made in this game so far i'm like that was definitely a reference which great movie i appreciate the reference but i don't appreciate the way the word reference was done because i was just like <laughs> what the actual hell was that yeah it was horrific and now all the the cubs are dead all of them yeah you know what good riddance (laughs) (laughs) this this execution i think has the highest death toll of any because if you consider like if you're you know considering the robots as also dying gonta died ai gonta died and both the monocubs 
died. So this was a four in one Mm -hmm. execution. (laughs) And this is the second chapter four that has uh, alter ego, quote unquote, dying, right? Because alter ego was executed in chapter four of game one. This Mm -hmm. world is mine. (laughs) Yeah. Guess I get in there. Unless y'all have more notes. I do have some more notes. My non-spoiler notes. I do have some more non-spoiler notes. Okay, okay. Go girl, go. (laughs) But Oh, actually, I actually have one more. Sorry. Go ahead, Maddie. Okay. So another shout out to Shuichi. I just wanted to give. He just does such a good job. He kind of turns into a little badass towards the end when he interrupts Kokichi and is like, no, if anyone's going to make Gonta confess, it's me, I not you. I was I like, oh, yes. he said, be still my beating Tell heart. him. <laughs> Tell him, Shuichi. And then, um, but at the same time, he's like also really kind to Gonta still because he knows that like, he was being manipulated and like wouldn't have normally like wanted to hurt a fly like i just love shuichi he's just so good like i feel like he just blossoms in this chapter and he as a person and as a detective i think he just does such an amazing job um and then oh and oof towards the end um when he says, you're alone, Kokichi, and you always will be. Ooh, oof. It's I right know. in the, right in the solar plexus. Um, What's <laughs> crazy about that, though, is if anyone else said that, like, I don't know, like, if Kokichi said that to someone else, that would be bullying, right? And, like, I know I brought that up in our part one episode, but that's another one of those moments where that is not okay to say to someone like yes it was a powerful moment and yes kokichi has said bad things but two wrongs don't make a right and so it's another (laughs) moment of seeing like a negative trait come out in someone that we thought was like really you know pure and really like yeah i don't know maybe pure is the wrong word but like focused on the truth um like focused on you know just the trial to come out and have something like that i don't know yeah, anyways, yeah. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> Ooh, I got to disagree, Marin, because I okay. really interpreted that moment as more of like a again, so it's objective. Is that the word? Subjective. subjective. Well, it's subjective. Uh, objective how would it's, mean it's true. Right. Sorry. It's subjective. The inter- my interpretation, I guess. So it's like that your interpretation is very valid, but I definitely read it more of like that was after Kokichi was like like fuck that guy I didn't even care about him like I like blah 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 blah. and he's like going off like being incredibly mean speaking ill of Gonta the dad who this entire time has kind of been going through it you know he's he's just like immediately like within three hours of finding out that someone died being persecuted and killed and I more interpreted it as like someone standing up to the bully right more of like a you know because sometimes like someone just needs to get off out of their ass and like hear some and hear it straight you know what I mean and and have someone like Marin who's done for me a couple of times be like like shut up like you are being a little bitch right now you know or like not not quite sorry Marin has never said that quite frequently I just want to be clear Marin has never said that but just like you know she like just like stop you are being mean you you know whatever and so I don't view it as bullying because I think it just comes it's like it it it's like yeah. he's been doing it to everyone backtrack because <laughs> that's true i actually forgot that that came right after that moment i will say 
that I thought that Kokichi saying all of that really awful stuff about Gonta, I thought that that was a lie. Um, and I totally understand that that's a headcanon and that, you know, maybe it's true. Maybe he really actually didn't care about Gonta at all. But if you take it under the lens of he saw the flashback light and he was just as disturbed as Gonta and Gonta made the sacrifice. And, you know, he says at Gonta's end, he offers to be sacrificed too. If you take all of that to be real and then Gonta dies, maybe Kokichi, who is not very emotionally mature, I think we can all on that he's probably one of the least emotionally <laughs> mature people would lash out in a way that was completely inappropriate and bullying i i yeah so i take back what i said about that because yes that needed to be checked a hundred percent um but i don't think that kokichi meant it in that way as a headcanon <laughs> right i hear what um, you're saying but yeah it, but intention versus exactly right like exactly. the intention so right. maybe wasn't to hurt other people but he did he, what he was saying he was did. hurtful so he deserved i think he deserved to be put in his place a little bit yeah, to be honest that's real. with you that's real. yeah yeah i think yeah. no um, you were right i'm inclined to agree with caroline also just in that like yeah like he needed to be put in his place and i also think that a comment like that carries way more weight coming from shuichi than if it came from yes. someone like Kimiko or Kaito like if it had come from one of anyone else I feel like it would have just been like more just kind of banter more just like you're alone like you're gonna die alone like you know like but but Shuichi is like a very I feel like in general Shuichi he's a very mild-mannered person and he does he's not mean like Shuichi doesn't have a mean bone in this body I don't think but he saying something like that bites like that is like it's like ooh, dad like, is disappointed not i bad. know ooh, yeah. it carries i think it carries more weight coming from shuichi and i think it's more intimidating i actually hang on a second i want to grab my book because i have a quote about this oh my god <gasps> we're really popping off right now <laughs> we are maddie's getting a book and we're He's doing a, a podcast book. we're doing hmm. a pod making literary references yeah. so okay i'm reading Right now, I'm reading *The Wise Man's Fear* by Patrick Rothfuss. It is the sequel to *The Name of the Name Wind of the Wind* <laughs> by Patrick Rothfuss. Great, great books. I highly recommend them. Um, but the this second book is called *The Wise Man's Fear* because um, one of the quotes in it is, and one of the key themes in it is, there are three things all wise men fear: the sea and storm, a night with no moon, and the anger of a gentle man. Like, it's just like, <gasps> that is like, oh. when, when when a gentleman gets really angry, that's when you need to be afraid because they really, really mean it, you know? And I, that's how I felt about Shuichi in this moment. A Do you gentleman? Say gentleman? <laughs> <laughs> Caroline and I on the same I saw Marilyn and I was up. like, we're here. We're here for this right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah anyway that's i that's everything i have to say about shuichi i just i love him i have one last note for this first half about kaito i did want to talk about kaito's reaction to shuichi's like i was gonna say shuichi's choices throughout this trial i guess that's (laughs) an okay way to put it (laughs) he made choices (laughs) Uh, but this is why this chapter is why i did not like Kaito 
pretty much at all in the first playthrough. Caroline can tell you how frustrated I was with him because they, oh, I I completely understand that this is like a grief reaction for him to he's kind of within the stages of grief choosing like anger and denial primarily but anger towards Shuichi but I just oh, it was so unfair of him to act like Shuichi was making a bad choice in this trial because the alternative was that they would all die like I I totally understand that he was frustrated with what had happened and how it happened and what the outcome would mean but I think he didn't consider at all what choosing to ignore that and, you know, trust and all of that stuff would mean um, in terms of everyone else dying, including himself. And so it was just, it was very difficult for me to like him during this chapter. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts um, about like Kaito, I guess, specifically in, in chapter four. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of thoughts about Kaito in chapter four. I, 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 they weren't negative though. I think honestly, in the second playthrough, I understood a little bit more like why, like him believing in people because it had worked in the last trial, right? His belief in other people kind of got him through. And I also think, you know, um, there is a part of him that's sort of like wanting to support Shuichi. And so he's sort of like, okay, like the Shuichi's, you know, field is so full of suspicion, so full of this and that. So I want to be the voice in his ear who's like, there are people that you can believe in. Right. But I think this sort of is a scary moment for him because his entire, you know, platform of his personality essentially of just like really believing in people and, and in people's character is being totally undermined by this whole situation um and so i think he's a little shaken by that so your first point i feel more kind of strongly though again i mean it's kind of frustrating but shuichi you know he shuts him up he's like kaito stop you know he finally like is like stop because this is not helpful and we are past this at this point right um mm -hmm. yeah so, you know, I think we're just watching a man, like, see his values crumble before him. Oh, my gosh, Caroline. <laughs> wow. Dang. Well what said. a good way to put that. Yeah. Oh. I can't follow that, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Sometimes we just see a man crumble. <laughs> like, I just, oh, yeah, right. I just felt like Kaito was just struggling in this chapter, both physically with whatever illness he's got going mm -hmm. on there and emotionally i think the stress also is that right like your uh -huh. patience when you're ill is so much lower than it is yeah. when you're well and so i'm kind of like i also true. feel for that <laughs> yeah very true i think it's also because we're so emotionally invested in these characters that it's so hard to watch kaito push away someone who's in my opinion a really good friend to him you know like it's like I don't know, it just feels like he's pushing his support system away in a really stressful environment, which is, like, hard to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 But doesn't make it not valid considering the scenario. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. All right, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. But before you go, have you, have you given us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify? We'll go ahead and do that now. It helps people find the podcast, especially if you like what you're listening to. It's a great way to support us. Thank you so much. 
And another way to support us is to join our Patreon. The lowest tier is just $2 a month and you get access to a bunch of cool bonus episodes, including the Queer Theory episodes, which I have been putting together. So if you want to check that out, uh, the link is in the episode description and we're on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're Ultra Hope Girls Podcast pretty much everywhere. And we will be back after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like Kokichi is the perfect antagonist to Shuichi. I mean, every game we have an antagonist, and I think that they do a, a good job of picking someone that is really a challenge to the protagonist's values, um, which Shuichi, his values, his primary value, I think we could argue, is truth. And Kokichi's primary value is pointing out how the truth sucks sometimes and you <laughs> never really know what is true. And maybe the truth is only partly true or maybe the truth is gray. It's not black and white. And so that really challenges Shuichi throughout this entire game. And I feel like this is a really good example of that um, where this truth sucks that Gonta killed Mew. That is a horrible truth that Shuichi just had to prove. But not only that, Kokichi took away the opportunity for him to prove it. He he gave him the answer. And not yeah. only that, but now his reaction, how do you know which one is true? Like, I just think he's just a really well-made character, um, as horrible as he is as a person. Like, oh, it's just, he's like perfectly made for Shuichi. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. people who ship them are gonna love that sentence. <laughs> oh, God, I know. <laughs> but um, oh. yeah, can you imagine like Kokichi and Hajime, or like Kokichi and Makoto? Oh my God, I, I feel like, like Kokichi Hajime. and Hajime, Hajime would be like, "Bye, bro." Like, I'm I don't like, care about you. <laughs> Hajime would have like killed him. Hot take. <laughs> he would have committed murder. Murder. Is this the second half? oh yeah we're yeah. here oh, you're we're in. in okay okay i wasn't sure if this is like it intermission chat or if this oh, no, is like this, we're starting this is it this we're in we it we be spoiling i yeah, guess i didn't really say anything that spoils anything so now now we everybody, will spoil we're gonna be the, spoiling entire the entire series. game um yeah so much to say not really that much to say actually um but i think my first i'll open with a with a pressing question that obviously everyone needs to wonder a about. depressing question uh, oh pressing Oh, depressing. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, I heard depressing. I was like, oh. The thing that is so interesting to me about this chapter in the context of this being a TV show, spoiler alert, um, is the fact it's a TV show. Oh my God. Daddy. Are you kidding me, Caroline? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but um, is the fact that, like, the idea of like them streaming them in the virtual world for the audience to see is so like <laughs> entertaining. Yeah. That's just assuming that's how they did it, right? Just like a Twitch stream. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny that, that really made me feel a little existential um to be quite frank because and we don't have to get too into this because i feel like we've talked about this in the past um or we could but um the fact that it's a game within a game you know maybe within a game because within, we're acknowledged as people within a game <laughs> That is a little existential because there is the theory that it's more likely for us to be in a game than it is for us to be the world, you know, like just the odds that the existence that we're experiencing now is oh, like real. A simulation? Yeah, versus a simulation, um, which I'm pretty sure we talked about in chapter four of game one, <laughs> I think was when that huge talk Classic. But that was like kind of spooky to me. Uh, yeah. And there were just so many nods to when they were in the game being like, it's crazy that we can be in something fake. And then they are, but like more than they know. It's like, yeah, yeah. just very ugh, weird, wild. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird and wild. I don't like sure. to think about that. I choose to ignore those facts. I hate, I, I hate that too. The, the, computer simulation theory oh god but at the same time for me like it kind of like i i don't like that theory it makes me uncomfortable but i also can't quite put my finger on why because like it doesn't really change anything about my day-to-day life you know like right a spiritual crisis but for me like because i'm like i'm like an atheist i don't believe in god necessarily so like i'm like Oh, we're well, in god's okay. matrix maddie <laughs> like <kidding>. basically <laughs> so true bestie yeah but there's it's still unknown to me it does there's a quote when they're in the virtual world like within the virtual world that um shuichi says and he says everything went black and now i'm here when he goes through the um you know that wall that you like can't see pass or the loading point i think is what they called it um that happens in v3 too when we go through the doors and he yeah. says a quote he says places like this remind you that the world was created by a program or a computer or sorry a program on a computer and i think that that's a direct like hint you know like yeah. that's one of those examples of the creators being like does it remind you did you of remember something <laughs> you sure about that it also makes me wonder like kind of similar so you know gonta mixes up his memory and consciousness cord these people are not who they were when they entered this game right they are different they are altered personalities so let's say there's a magical world with movie magic where the people who'd committed murder like could you know be back in their old bodies like would they be you know that like is like a whole other conversation because their whole personalities are essentially being like taken out and replaced with a new person um it's just the flesh sack that remains the same so i would say no probably (laughs) flesh like flesh sack sack. (laughs) no our listeners (sighs) all just turned off the podcast (laughs) (laughs) um they i have i have another note on just they really really do be just shoving it in our face that this is a tv show sumugi's lab yeah i know being a tv studio like uh, oh my gosh i know and even the sets in there there's the trigger happy habit classroom the castle that really reminded me of sdr2 and then a bathroom and the bathroom, that one, I'll be honest, I have no idea what that was about. There was like a squatty potty in there. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but the castle right. and the classroom were were very. I mean, come on, like yeah. Also, yeah. um, makes sense that Monokuma is hitting burnout here because this is the fifty third time they're doing he, this. Yeah, yeah. He's done. He wants to retire. Yeah, understandable. Mm. Fifty three yeah. seasons of a show is too many. With six trials per season. I don't even want to do that math. Like, can you imagine if we did our podcast for 53 seasons? No. (laughs) I love you guys, but absolutely not. 318 cases. That's so many. Yeah, poor guy. He's done. He's like, no, I'm out of here. Monica was like, I'm I'm done. Um, Kibo talks about his inner voice telling him to go into the virtual world so we know the audience voted for him to do the virtual world thing because like why wouldn't you that's just like I would want something to vote for that. new and interesting to watch on a show that like could lend itself to different murders like why would you vote against that you know it's true there's also a moment where Kibo he starts to think about the wall in the game compared to the wall outside the academy, like the wall keeping them in. And then he just stops and he goes, Oh no, never mind. Forget what I said. And I really wonder if that was the audience saying, like, shut that down, like, you know, like don't let him figure no, it out almost. No like. free will. No more thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> That's I love so funny. <laughs> so speaking of Kibo, Himiko references his self-destruct mechanism. Which, so the really interesting thing in this chapter, which we did not touch on at all, is that Himiko is constantly referencing death flags, like Monotaro's death flags. Yep. And there are two that that I caught, there might be more, but that I missed, but two that I caught is one, Kibo's self-destruct mechanism, but also Kaito's tuberculosis. Oh, Yeah. His his historical yeah. woman syndrome, you know, like <laughs> it's always women. Yeah. It's always the like weak, frail <laughs> women, you know. Anyway, yep, lots of death flags, and then it's ironic because, um, we're all like, oh, well, clearly Monotaro's gonna die, but then Monophony dies, and then you're like, oh my god, it wasn't Monotaro after, and then Monotaro also dies, right? So right, like, Haha, right, J.K. <laughs> we got you once and then we got you twice (laughs) (sighs) yeah um yeah yeah for sure do you want to talk about the detective lab from shuichi and like how that it didn't really fit his vibe that room was super interesting to me and what i wrote down was um the binders reminded me from in the show the squid games um there's just this part where this uh cop is looking for answers um and he goes and finds like all of these binders of previous squid games yes. with like names and like what happened and it reminded me a lot of that and i'm not saying they're directly related those the shows and you know danganronpa and squid game but i wondered if in shuichi's lab if we had looked through them what would be included like is it games one through 52 is it like previous cases or sketches from kadaka himself that didn't get used like ideas (laughs) or like i don't know i mean it's kind of a silly question because it doesn't really matter but i I think it would be kind of like it's like a fun headcanon almost to think like that that was kadaka's room not shoichi's Mm. his like um personal place of of devising murder that's interesting i like that yeah. That is interesting. I, I also like that. 
yeah he nice. deserves a classroom too i'm out of notes so I, i'll i'll vibe i'm here to bounce things off of but i have i have no more thoughts head empty my, my last thing is just about kokichi cool i've got one more too you go maddie okay so it's kind of two things about kokichi but a the line that he gives right before the trial he says let's get it started the heart racing excitement as the black and the spotless face off like that's a monokuma line clearly that kokichi is saying and it makes me think that maybe Kokichi, like his, in, in terms of his original personality before he became Kokichi for the show, um, that he might be like the biggest super fan out of all of them of Jangan Rampa, <laughs> and that that they're he's so obsessed with it that there's a piece of him that's still so obsessed with Jangan Rampa even after his memory was wiped. That I don't know, maybe that maybe that has something to do with it. But I also think that. Um, Part of me wonders if like some of Kokichi's motivations throughout this chapter are to like put Shuichi to the test to see if he can figure out chapter five and the setup mm-hmm. that Kokichi constructs then. But we'll have to talk yeah. more about that next chapter. <laughs> oh God, next one's going to be crazy. Insane. Um, my last note is kind of a big one. At the beginning of the chapter, they're looking for the secret of the outside world and I genuinely think that Kokichi knows. And I don't mean like he knows like that the same things that Gonta knows with the flashlight or flashback light. Um, I mean that I think Kokichi in this chapter learns that everything is fake and learns Mm. like about all of the past because that to me would explain why he encourages Gonta to try and kill all of the people he has uh this quote that says if we all die the game will end and this game has been continuing because there's the survivor right and then they bring in new people like i think that he knows like he really knows and that explains like his like controlling behavior throughout this entire chapter Mm. um yeah and then oh sorry one more thing and then i want to hear your thoughts but kokichi talks about like taking the fun away of the trial by naming gonta and we assume that that's towards shuichi what if he's talking to us he's taking away the fun of the trial by telling us who did it before we get to oh my god that yeah Yeah. that could be that could be true that could be true hmm yeah, Thanks no, I, I think there's, you know, again, he can see lies. Does he know Samugi's behind all of this? You know what I mean? Like, if he's that good at this, like, and if he knows, he doesn't care, you know. But again, I, I might need to play the next chapter to have a little bit more of an opinion about that one. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious to see in this next chapter, like, I mean, obviously, there's the whole thing where he tries to end it by having Monokuma not know who died. um, But like... I don't know. I, I'm so curious, like you said, Caroline, to see if that, like, if that theory could be right, encouraged. I, I think there are, like, there's some validity to that, definitely. So, yeah. 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 And right after he says the thing about, like, if we all die, the game will end, Samugi is the one who responds. And she says, like, basically, like, ignore him, Shuichi. You can do it. Like, <laughs> basically, like, a panic, like, don't all die. Like, yeah. Oh, Oh, oh yeah man. yeah new headcanon uh, uh, yeah as of this current moment <laughs> we'll see if it lasts yeah yeah we'll see mm. but i could i i think i could see that working you know being a thing mm. yeah 
Shall we do a bed, bed, bed? Yeah. Maybe we could do all of the um the victims in the chapter fours. The chapter fours. So Sakura, Nekumaru, out of robot form, please God. And, <laughs> and Mio. Uh, Mio. Oh, okay. Wow. That's an interesting bunch. I think I have my answer. Yeah, go Maddie. Um I do too, actually. I would wed Sakura because I love her. OG she's, waifu. She's my girl. OG waifu. OG waifu. I gotta do it. OG waifu. I would bed Mew because she is more my type than Nekomaru. And I would hate to do this, but I would be head Nekomaru yeah. just out of those three because he's not my type. But I love him though. I would want to, I would befriend Nekomaru. That's what I do. Okay, I would, sorry, I, pa- I paused because I was like, wait, who's next? It's me, because I know. Um, I have this, I have the same answer, Maddie, I think. I would be head Nekomaru, bed Mew, and wed Sakura, because Sakura is wife material. Okay? And yeah. she's beautiful, she's cool, she's, she would protect me, and, and it would be great. And, and Mew, I mean, you know, yeah, I'd do it once. let's not objectify her i know i literally i did say it i would do her once (laughs) Uh, i i this one's actually really hard um i would wed nekamaru i think although i'm a little concerned that we would be so similar and we would just spend the day encouraging one another um Mm. that nothing would get done (laughs) um but you know we'll do that yeah we will wed nakamaru i will bed mew and behead sakura yeah that's a tough one i was really torn between wedding sakura and wedding nakamaru yeah 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 that's tough they're they're so tough you know like they're similar too they're both so supportive but like in different ways yeah yeah Man, yeah. what what a hard time we have here on, on the Ultra Hope Girls podcast. Like having to decide ooh. who to wed, who to behead. I mean, geez, I mean, give uh... me a break. <laughs> All right, everyone, we are wrapping up for today. Thank you so much for coming to listen. We are getting close to the end of our season, which means that we are going to have our wrap up episode in not too much time. So, if you have any questions that you want us to answer during that time, send us an email, send us a, a tweet, uh, anything you'd like. We um, We'd love to hear it. And then potentially you could be featured on the season finale of this season, not to be too redundant, but it's going to be really exciting. And we're really excited to uh, to continue on with this game. If you like what you're listening to, uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us and it helps people to find us um, as well. If you are interested in more content, make sure you become a patron. Lowest tier is just uh, $2 a month. And we've got some pretty cool content coming out. So you're going to want to, you're going to want to see that. Um, Yep. That's all this week. And uh, we'll be back pretty soon. Yay. With more Danganronpa. Bye. Bye.